0: Can we give it up one more time for worship team? As we were worshiping this morning, um, I can't tell you what the verse is right now, but in scripture it does say, just read your whole Bible, you'll find it. Uh, It talks about our worship and our praise being a sweet aroma, a sweet fragrance to God. And as we were worshiping, I kept closing my eyes and just feeling like I was seeing this beautiful aroma in this place. So I planned to come in and, and start at level 10, but I feel like God's presence is just, this is a tender, sweet moment right now. So um, God is changing things and that's all right because we want to follow his leading, amen? amen? Amen. Well, if y'all can't tell already, Um, I like when people talk back to me when I preach. I like when people engage with me. I think I'm funny, so if I say something that's funny, feel free to laugh if you want to be kind. Just give me a quick little ha-ha if it's a little dry, if I don't hear anything. Um, Say amen, and I also know that there are several of you who are watching online. You can engage in the chat bar and Maybe you're all alone. You can talk back to the screen and nobody will judge you. That's your business. Do what you want to do. Amen, see, okay. So let, let me just say one disclaimer. When people engage with me, I feel like it just pulls stuff out of me. So I'm just gonna put that out there and I'm, and I'm gonna keep it pushing. But um, I'm new here. Um, my husband has partnered with uh, pastor Carl, and done some things with him. I refer to Jim Candy as my uncle, and I know he was here last week, so I'm feeling a little bit more comfortable um, than I normally would. Um, so, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Aisha Cox. I serve as both the prayer pastor and teaching pastor at Ascent Community Church, and. Prayer was something that I struggled with a lot in the beginning of my faith journey. I'ma be honest with you, I fell asleep a lot trying to pray. And um, you know how God does, the thing that I used to struggle with the most. That's where he uses me in a great way and I say that not to brag on myself, but just in case there's anyone in this room or anyone watching online, who desires to have greater intimacy with God, who desires to know his voice, who desires to develop a prayer life or just become more consistent in that, I want to just encourage you that if God can do it for me, that he can do it for you too. Amen? Amen. 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 So before I say anything else, I want to honor your pastor in his absence. I don't take it lightly that I get to stand up here before you and preach. It is an honor, I am so excited. And normally when I preach, I would bring my personal amen corner, which consists of my husband, Maurice, and some of the high school and college girls that I get to mentor, Um, but they're in the Bahamas right now. I know I'm a little jealous. They're on a mission trip, so they are working, but it's also the Bahamas. So, um, my husband told me to just imagine he's in the front row. I'm praying y'all will fill in the gaps and talk back to me, but if not, I'm just gonna look right there and I'm gonna be like, yep, boo, all right, and I'm gonna keep it going. And before my husband left, he finally got to the place where he admitted that he has a problem. So let me tell you about my husband's problem. Since he left me for nine days, I get to talk about him a little bit more. So my husband consistently forgets where he places his wallet. I would say my husband loses his wallet about 2.5 times a week. And I say 0.5 because there's sometimes when he loses it, um, I'm more thorough than him and I just got a better eye so I find it rather quickly. So that's why I say 0.5, it doesn't count as a full one. But it happens every week without fail. And it's gotten to a point where I just have these routine questions that I ask him. (laughs) Babe, where's your wallet? Honey, do you have your wallet? And then every now and then I just need proof because I don't trust his yes. I'm like, show me your wallet. Show me your ID and show me your credit card. And as I was praying and asking God what aspect of his character he wanted me to focus on for our time today, he started to remind me of my husband And I heard him say, in the same way your husband consistently, frequently forgets where he placed his wallet, sometimes my people forget my faithfulness. Sometimes myself, ooh, I won't do that again, myself, (laughs) you, all of us, we can forget the faithfulness of God. And this morning, I just want to encourage and both remind all of us of the faithfulness of our God. I know uh, Pastor David prayed for us, but I would love to just go before the throne one more time. So would you pray with me? Father, we just pause, and I thank you first and foremost for who you are, I thank you for the privilege that we have to gather together, to worship, to fellowship, and to learn from your word. God, we wanna hear from you. Would you remove any distractions that would take us away from hearing what you want us to hear? Holy Spirit, I ask that you would personalize this message for every person under the sound of my voice. Speak through me and do what only you can do. And it's in Jesus' mighty name that I pray, amen. So who is the God that forms our character? He is a faithful God. And I know you all don't know me that well, so we're still building trust, but you don't have to take my word for it. In Exodus, He's having this encounter, this conversation with Moses, and he passes by Moses, and as he does that, he begins to proclaim who he is. He begins to list the attributes of his character, and among all the things that he says, one of those things is that he abounds or that he is filled with faithfulness. And this is not an isolated description of who God is. It is echoed and repeated in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. Translated from the Greek word pistis, the word faithfulness means steadfastness, trustworthiness, and consistency. The dictionary, a.k.a. Google, defines it as loyal. I love me some Google, y'all. Firmly adhering to duty. Pastor Nikki, I had the opportunity to meet. In week one, she talked about hesed. I got to do my hands like this when I say it. Hesed. And one of its many definitions was faithfulness. It's the character of one who can be relied on. We want to be friends with people that are faithful. We want to be friends with people who are loyal, who are truly for us, who when they say they're going to do something, they do it. They're not going to gossip behind our backs. Faithfulness is a characteristic that we desire, I would say, in every relationship that we have. We want to work alongside faithful people. We wanna hire faithful employees, people that we can trust, people that are gonna do their job, people that are gonna be committed and loyal. I know everybody doesn't desire to be married and I don't wanna put that out there, but if you do, and if you are married, when you make that commitment, when you made that commitment, when you said, I do, when you stepped into covenant with someone, you want them to be faithful and loyal to that covenant. Amen? Amen. Somebody feel me right there. He say amen. Nice and slow. I love that. But because we are flawed and imperfect people, there's no way that we can 100% guarantee that we are going to exhibit or experience faithfulness 100% of the time. Don't believe me, let's just take a quick poll right quick. How many of you have ever had someone tell you that they were gonna do something and then they didn't do it? Raise your hand. All right, now here's the other one, just in case, I don't know if I seen every single hand, I think I did. How many of you have said you were gonna do something and you didn't do it? Oh, 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 you guys put your hands up, you're very honest, I like that. I put my hand up too, I, I didn't done that. See, y'all know what I'm talking about. But you know who has a perfect track record? Who you can count on to do what they said, when they said it, how they said it? That's God. I love the song that we were singing, great is your faithfulness. This is my confidence that I have in you. There is so much comfort and power and peace when we think about the faithfulness of God. And I don't know what this year has been like for you. I don't know what this season is like for you. I don't know what this week, this morning is like for you. But I do believe that God is telling us right now to remember his faithfulness. Remember my faithfulness. And I believe that's the same thing he wanted his people to do in Numbers 13. I want us today to look at a pivotal moment in the lives of the children of Israel. I'm gonna start Numbers 13 at the first verse. It reads, now the Lord said to Moses, send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land I am giving to the Israelites. Send one leader from each of the 12 ancestral tribes So Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He sent out 12 men, all tribal leaders of Israel, from their camp in the wilderness of Paran. I wanna pause for a moment. The land that God is referring to is the same land that was promised to Abraham in the book of Genesis. Canaan, although occupied, was reserved for the nation of Israel to grow and to thrive. God continued to reinforce this promise. He did it to Abraham's son, Isaac. He did it to Jacob. And now he is telling that same promise to Moses. And the text goes on and just lists each leader from the tribes. I don't want to mess up on my pronunciation, and I want to be mindful of time because I feel like I'm going to have too much fun today. So I'm going to skip that part. And then Moses goes on to give the spies specific instructions for what to do when they get to the land. What does the land look like? What do the people look like? What does the soil look like? Are the towns open? Are they guarded? Do they have walls or gates? And we're gonna pick back up in verse 25. After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit that had been taken from the land. This was a report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore. And it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Caleb, who was one of the 12 spies, responds like this. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report among the land to the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. I want to do a quick recap of how God has been faithful to the children of Israel so they were in slavery and bondage they were oppressed in Egypt for about 400 years God not only led them out of Egypt he led them out of Egypt with gifts as my mom would say it they had bling bling from the Egyptians as they walked out not only that all the miracles he did in order to soften Pharaoh's heart to finally get Pharaoh to say yes, that happened. Okay, they leave, and all the chariots and the army are chasing them and pursuing them. What happens? They're in front of the Red Sea. How do we get to the other side? God didn't tell them. See, we know ahead of the story. So we're like, ah, he parted the Red Sea. No, no biggie. That's a big deal. I don't know about you, but right now, I'm just thinking of like the movies that I watch with sharks. And like, if a shark is coming at me, I need God to do a miracle. I need God to do something that I cannot fathom or that is just not possible because he is a God who does the impossible. So he parts the Red Sea. And then after that, he's leading them by a cloud in the day. Fire at night. He allows Moses to strike a rock, and water comes out in the midst of a desert. Manna comes from heaven. They've seen God be faithful, they know what God is capable of doing, but they forgot. And we can sit up here today and be like, shame on you, children of Israel. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. But you know what happens when things are good, when we're here on a Sunday in church and we sing about the faithfulness of God? Oh, it's right in the forefront of our minds, it's right on our hearts. But then what happens when we encounter an obstacle? What happens when we get a negative report from the doctor? What happens when we lose our job? What happens when that child, that grandchild, that friend that you've been praying for and interceding for, for their healing, for them to know Jesus, for them to come to church, for them to just be kind and nice to you? What happens when you just get weighed down. And in the moment, you are anxious, you are fearful, and you have amnesia, spiritual amnesia, that's what I call it, to all the ways that God has been faithful to you in the past. This happens to us, this happens to me. On a lighter note, I was on a roller coaster And I was like, Jesus, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I was going up and everyone's like, hands up, having fun. I am holding on for dear life. Like, Jesus, if you just let me make it to the other side, please. I don't know. Roller coasters, I'm just done. I forgot that I got on a roller coaster a few years ago and I was fine. I made it off. But when I got on, all I could think was the worst possible scenario For some reason, my thing, my little buckle's not going to lock down, and I'm going to fly out, and I'm going to crack my phone. I don't know why the crack my phone part is on there. (laughs) You know these iPhones are expensive. Um, That was a true thought that I had. And in that moment, that roller coaster was my Goliath. It, It was all the people that were occupying the land of Canaan. And I was terrified. I was shook. I was shooketh, Okay. It was a lot, yes, shook, if. That's when you're really scared, you gotta talk King James language. So they forgot. And one of the things, I am definitely gonna be going a little off my notes, but I'm gonna just trust God's leading. One of the things that God kept putting on my heart as I was praying and looking more into this story is that when we remember the faithfulness of God in the past, It fuels our faith for the present. It fuels the circumstance that we are dealing with right now. And a lot of times we forget. A lot of times we forget, and I know God is speaking to me when he starts saying, remember thy faithfulness, because thy faithfulness is not in my vocab. It is remember his faithfulness. And they forgot. And another thing is, I started to see, and even just as I was describing all the things that he's done for the children of Israel. It's easy to believe God when he does a miracle, right? And talk about his faithfulness, talk about the door that he opened, talk about how he healed you. And God had done those extravagant things for the children of Israel. But what about when you're in the mundane? What about when it's just something else, another thing that has come in front of you, come in front of you to steal your joy, to steal your peace, to steal your praise? We need faith for the mundane. We need faith for the everyday. God wants us to remember his faithfulness in every season, in every circumstance, no matter what is in front of us. If I go back to that passage, only two of the spies, Caleb and Joshua, had a positive report. Again, that verse, Caleb's response is, let's go at once and take the land. He said, we can certainly conquer it. When I read that, I'm like, Caleb, remember the faithfulness of God. And I don't know what you're dealing with, what the season ahead might look like for you. But I want to ask you this question. I'm going to ask you it a few times today. In what area of your life do you need to remember the faithfulness of God? What area in your life do you need to remember the faithfulness of God? So 10 out of the 12 spies had a negative report. And only two were positive. I'm not even gonna say positive. Only two had a faith-filled response. And one of the things I know about tests and trials and storms is that nine times out of 10, the negative voices, the doubtful voices, the fearful voices, Oh, those are going to be loud. Those are going to be the majority. Whether it's people that are surrounding you, people that may be believers, people that may not be believers and say, you're crazy for thinking God could do that. Ain't no way God is going to do that. Why are you still believing for God to do something that you've been praying for over five years, over 10 years, over 15 years? So whose report are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the report of the Lord? That he is faithful? That he will not let you down? Are you going to believe the report of everybody else? I don't know if you're familiar with um, the headphones called Dre Beats. They're one of my favorite headphones to use because I'm an introvert and sometimes I just don't want to. Talk to nobody, hear nobody. I just want to walk and be in my own little zone. And I feel like sometimes we need spiritual dray beats in these headphones. If you're not familiar, they cancel out all the noise around us so we could just hear God's voice, that still, small voice saying, I got you, saying, I'm with you, allowing the Holy Spirit to bring to our remembrance the ways that God has been faithful to us in the past, not only in our lives, but in the lives of the people that we do life with, our community, I don't know if you're in small groups, y'all are a church family, so I'm sure you probably know some of each other's testimonies, what God has done. We have to believe the report of the Lord. (laughs) The last thing, that don't I just love when you read the word and like God shows you something you've never seen before? That's kind of what happened to me. So in part of that report, Moses, in one of the specific instructions, he tells them to get a sample of the crops, right? And they do that. Um, First of all, this land flowing with milk and honey is like basically a land with chick-fil-a on every other street and it's not closed on sunday (laughs) boom that's the kicker that is who said that you're my friend amen brother yes so that's the land and then they tell them here's the kind of fruit it produces right so they're showing them the fruit and as i was sitting with this the word fruit kept popping out at me, I had just had a banana, so I'm like, all right, God, like, is it my stomach? What's what's going on? Then he reminded me of the fruit of the Spirit mentioned in Galatians 5. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, meekness, faithfulness, and self-control. So yes, they brought a sample of the fruit that they found in the land of Canaan, but you know what God was looking for? Feel like some of y'all following me? Are you in tension? Are you hanging? Are you hanging? The fruit that God was looking for was the fruit of the spirit. He was looking for faithfulness. And 10 out of 12 didn't have that. They were walking by sight, not by faith. They were walking in the flesh. They weren't walking in the spirit. So the thing about remembering God's faithfulness, that gives us courage, that gives us confidence, that gives us peace. So then we, with that reminder, can walk by the Spirit, regardless of what we see. Walking by the fruit of the Spirit. Y'all, I'm having fun up here. I'm going to have to wrap up my notes. (laughs) because I am just, uh, yeah, in a different place. And unfortunately, because the children of Israel decided to complain, decided to believe the report of their circumstances, the older generation, including Moses, they were punished 40 years of additional wandering in the wilderness. With the exception of Caleb and Joshua. There's a few things about God's faithfulness that I want to share with you, and then I think I'll be out of my way, but out of your way, but we'll see, we'll see. So God reveals his faithfulness to us in four ways. One, He reveals his faithfulness to us through his creation. Psalm 118, verses 89 and 90 says this, Your eternal word, O Lord, stands firm in heaven. Your faithfulness extends to every generation as enduring as the earth you created. I am not a mountains person, again, I'm from California, but I have so many friends that tell me they just love going into the mountains because it reminds them of God's faithfulness, of God's presence, of the way that God sustains nature. You know, in the book of Matthew, it talks about um, him clothing the grass and the birds don't have to worry about where they're gonna get food because God provides, because God is faithful. So we see his faithfulness through creation. We also see his faithfulness through his people, past, in scripture, and also the people today and in my life, in your life, in the life of people you know, in the life of people you admire from afar. Again, starting with Abraham, he promised Abraham that he would lead him and Sarah to this unknown land which was the land of Canaan. He would, he would lead his descendants there. God promised Abraham a son, although, you know, he was up there in age. At our church, uh, we, we would say like our vintage community, you know, um, God telling one of them he gonna give one of them a baby and like, I don't know, does any, any, anybody want to have a baby at that age? Probably not. Um, but that was a promise that God made to Abraham. And God kept that promise. Despite Abraham trying to help God out and having an Ishmael. And just a little side note, God don't need our help. God needs our faith. Amen? Amen. What about Joseph? Joseph had this dream for God, and he was so excited. He probably should have kept it to himself, but he shared it with his family. And yes, he was in a pit, and yes, he was in the prison. But at the end, God was faithful what God showed him, that he was going to be in a position of power and authority, and his family was going to be bowing down to him. It happened. What was the promise that he made to his disciples? Anyone? Hmm. I heard a mumble. Can't make it out. (laughs) He promised he was going to make them a fisher of men. He did that. He promised when they were like, Jesus, don't leave us. He was like, no, no, wait. I'm going to send a comforter. I'm going to send a helper to be with you always. I can't be with you always. But I'm going to send, my Father is going to send the Holy Spirit to be with you, to dwell inside you, to guide you, to counsel you. And God made good on his promise. I wish I can call on every single one of you and have you at least share one way that God has been faithful to you. And since I'm not able to do that, I'll share one quick thing for me. I moved out here from California. I was on track, one, I wanted to be a single lady. Marriage, I was not thinking about it, although I was pretty obsessed with the movie The Notebook, but I digress. I was acting, I was auditioning, Ministry wasn't my plan, and then God brought this man in my life, and I was like, mm, not part of the plan, but I think I can make that work. I, I think that's a gift from you. Then what I didn't know, he was going to hijack my plan for purpose, and I'm in Colorado, a place where it snows, and I've never been in snow, ever. I still really don't like the snow, to be honest. I have to pray, Jesus give me um, a better attitude, because I kind of wake up with attitude when it snows. And it was a really rough transition for two years, and I couldn't understand, God, why would you send me here? God, why would you bring me here? I see what you're doing with my husband. He was hired as the high school director. But what about me? Why am I here? I sacrificed so much, and I didn't understand. And he just kept saying, trust me. I got you. I have a good plan for you. And I did what I do best, and I ugly cried a lot, (laughs) almost every other day. But y'all, honestly, I would go through it all again because, yes, I'm not living the life that I thought I was, but I know I'm in God's purpose. I get to impact people. I get to pour into students. I get to walk with them and be the cool big sister. I'm kind of edging on like cool mom territory, but it's fine. He was faithful to bring me through that transition and every transition after that. Another way that God reveals his faithfulness is through his word, y'all. One of my favorite verses, Jeremiah 1:12. It says, That God is watching over His word to perform it in your life. His word is not gonna return void. Numbers 23 19 says, God is not a man, so He does not lie. He is not human, so He does not change His mind. Has He ever spoken and failed to act? I'm gonna say that one more time. Has He ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? No. If God said he was going to do something, he did it. He's going to do it. He will do it. But the kicker is sometimes we put we put our desires and the things that we want on God and say that he said it. And then we get disappointed and upset and got to wrestle through a lot of things. Because God never said that he was going to do that. You did. God is faithful to his word, his written word, and the word that he tells us through his still, small voice. Lastly, God's faithfulness is seen through his presence. That was one of the biggest advantages that the children of Israel had. God was with them. That should give you confidence like no other. I am not alone in this battle. Although it looks like I'm outnumbered, although it looks unlikely, God is with me. He tells us he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Wow, I'm normally a short-winded speaker, y'all. I am wrapping up right now. Can I call y'all Centennial Covenant family? Because that's what I feel like I want to say right now. Aww. <laughs> Y'all, I'm also a crier, so let me just get through these last two minutes so I can just be out your way. Mm. I want to read to you all. Numbers 14, 24. This was something that I added this morning. It says this. This is God talking to Moses. Quick context. um, Moses... Um, intervenes and intercedes on behalf of the children of Israel. He's like, no, God, don't punish them. All this stuff. And then God was like, nope, they're going to have to wander, and that generation is not going to get to see the promised land, but their children will. And then God says this in verse 24. But my servant Caleb has a different attitude than the others have. He has remained loyal to me. He has remained faithful to me. So I will bring him into the land he explored. His descendants will possess their full share of that land. Centennial Covenant family, what I believe God is saying, if I said too much, if he was like, girl, you was laughing and then you pulled me in and I just, I just, I couldn't get with you. Please hear me when I say this. Because these three things, before I even got the middle of my sermon, I knew where I was ending. God wants us to have that same heart posture like Caleb. He wants us to remember his faithfulness. And the thing about remembering, after you remember, you got to believe it. Because sometimes you're going to have those thoughts, and scripture tells us we can cast down those thoughts that aren't in agreement with the will of God and speak the word, like sometimes you just gotta say it even though you don't feel it, like, all right, God, I don't understand and I don't know how you will get me through, but I believe you will. God wants us to remember his faithfulness. He wants us to trust in his faithfulness. And lastly, he wants us to declare his faithfulness, even if we're the, the weird one, <laughs> the weird Christian. Even if we're the minority, even if we're the only person who still believes God is able, God wants us to declare it. Again, I'm gonna ask you that question. In what area of your life do you need to remember the faithfulness of God? In what area of your life do you need to start declaring the faithfulness of God? God is faithful, family. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you for this amazing church community that has just made me feel like home, that has allowed me to just flow with the Holy Spirit and, and not worry about my notes. God, I pray that your word falls on good ground. It takes root and produces fruit in our lives. God, help us to remember that you are faithful Help us to believe that against all odds, against whatever circumstance, whatever storm that we are facing, and God, help us to declare your faithfulness to ourselves, to those in our home, to our community, and to the world. We love you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.